Nine years ago, on the night of March 18, 2014, I was in Taipei when the Legislative Yuan, which is the equivalent of the Parliament in Taiwan, was occupied by students and activists in an effort to block the passage of a trade agreement between Taiwan and China. It was the beginning of what became known as the Sunflower Movement. The day before, on March 17th, the Kuomintang, or KMT, had attempted to force through passage of the Cross-Strait Service Trade Agreement in Taiwan's Legislative Yuan without giving it a clause-by-clause review. Several days later, at a press conference on March 23rd, then-President Ma Ying-jeou stated his resolve in passing the trade agreement. That night, students and activists attempted to occupy the Executive Yuan in protest. A few days later, on March 28th, I spoke with Eric Chang, who joined the students and protesters outside of the Executive Yuan. He was there when the police started breaking up the students and protesters, himself among them, and he shared what he saw and experienced that night in episode 121. At the time that Eric and I spoke, it had been 10 days since the occupation of the Legislative Yuan. So the situation at the Legislative Yuan and the Sunflower Movement was still unfolding. And of course, this was before we knew what the outcome would be. It's interesting to look back on it and hear my conversation with Eric in pre-COVID times and way before the insurrection of the U.S. Capitol building on January 6, 2021. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by NATOA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. NATOA was founded in 1988 and its mission is, one, to evoke a sense of self-esteem and enhance women's dignity, two, to oppose gender discrimination and promote gender equality, three, to fully develop women's potential and encourage their participation in public affairs, four, to contribute to the advancement of human rights and democratic development in Taiwan, five, to reach out and work with women's organizations worldwide to promote peace for all. To learn more about NATOA, visit their website, www.natwa.com. Without further ado, here's our interview. Hi, this is Felicia Lin, your host with Talking Taiwan Podcast. And today on our show, our guest is Eric Chang, who's also known as Abing. He was at the executive UN on Sunday when the police cracked down. And as many of the listeners may or may not know, there's been a protest and occupation of the legislative UN in Taipei, which is also known as the Parliament of Taiwan. So welcome to the podcast, Eric. Hi, everyone. So do you want to talk a little bit about what's going on at the legislative UN? Because before all of this broke out, the protests actually started at the legislative UN with students occupying that building, which is also known as the Parliament of Taiwan. Yeah, that is just in itself amazing. That just really just shows you how far Taiwan's democracy has come. And honestly, if you compare it to the U.S., we even have more freedoms than the U.S. I've been seeing a lot of people all foreign press, even maybe a lot of Taiwanese-Americans. And even some Taiwanese saying that Taiwan's democracy needs rescuing. I don't know. For me, I totally take a completely different look on what's happening now. I see it as this is a great sign of how our democracy is growing. Taiwan's democracy is only 20, 30 years old. We're a young democracy. We still have a lot of problems. And the only way you're going to get those problems fixed is by getting citizens, your young people, to actually 
care. And not only, you know, and when I mean care, it doesn't mean just watching TV, watching the crappy news here. <laughs> Actually getting out, getting, trying to make a difference, trying to get people to change their mind, to open their eyes. And the students did that. The students ran into the legislature, they took it over. And to this day, it's been a week now, they've taken over parliament. In the U.S., if you try to rush the Capitol building, how far would you get before they shot you? Probably not. <laughs> Wisconsin, they did it, you know, in other places. But in D.C., if you try to storm the Capitol building, I guarantee you, you would not get far. Yeah. You know, and now they tase the shit out of you. That's what it would happen. But in Taiwan, it's amazing. Like, you go there, it's entirely occupied by students. Have you been inside? I haven't been inside yet, but just because it's like a maze to get in there. You yeah. climb the ladder. Yeah. A little bit older. I don't know if I'm in the lab because I asked the students, I was like, so how do you actually get into the floor? And they were telling me like, yeah, you know, they'll lower the ladder down, climb up to the second floor. Once you get inside, then you have to, you know, they've set up all these barricades inside oh. that you actually have to climb. You mm -hmm. have to work your way through. Like a little obstacle course. You got to pass the test first so you can get in. Yeah. It sounded awesome. But unfortunately being a little bit older, I guess you have to work now. Yeah. It's such a bump. <laughs> Oh, that work gets in the way. Uh, it's super peaceful. The students there. Every time I go back, it's great. The first you know, Tuesday, you know, last Wednesday when it started, I wasn't able to go the first night, but we were able to go the second night. We went the second night. So we went last Thursday, last, yeah, I went last Thursday, Friday. This week, I also went a few days. And then yesterday, I also went. Every time I go back, it seems like they have more and more like structures set up outside, more tents set up outside, more, you know, more supplies <laughs> yeah. outside. I went, that. there was like a huge station for all the drinks, all the food that everyone bought. They also had a huge tent for all the blankets and everything, all the sleeping bags. I even saw a charging station they have set up for your cell phone. Wow. They have an outdoor charging station that, you know, for literally any type of cell phone you have, wow. they have a charger there and wow. you can go and charge your phone there. Cycling stations set up where they were separating the garbage. Because here in Taiwan, you can actually separate food scraps, all types of stuff. These students had multiple recycling stations I saw set up throughout, you know, the entire protest area around the legislative area doing recycling. They also had, what else did they have? They had the medical team set up everywhere. And information booths set up. They had crowd control. They had, this is better than the legislative yet. <laughs> They're more organized than the legislators. I've been thinking about this. I really almost want to make a video that, you know, it's been almost two weeks now since the legislators have done any type of work and <laughs> Taiwan hasn't noticed. Has there been a difference? Why don't right. we just let these students take over? They're more on the ball than any of the legislators have had. But yeah, right. just being inside, the kids are just sitting inside peacefully still. It's great. There's so many kids studying. So many kids are like reading. Oh you yeah, know, and just, then there's it, actually been a lot of professors that have just gone there and given their and, lectures, right? Yeah. Outside, not in the legislative room, yeah. but to the like, crowds outside, gathered like see, outside. You see these students just sitting there by themselves just studying because they got class. You know, and that's it's touching. And then there's also, oh, have you seen the free sausage? Ape? No. There's a guy, he's been there. I think he's been there probably since day one. He, he sells Enzen. Yeah. Like, like just, you know, Enzen. Right. Sausage. He's got, it's on a motorcycle. He's got his little uh, Enzen stall. Mm -hmm. And he's giving away free Enzen. Free. Wow. And. The line is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it's just crazy, right? In the U.S., would you see a hot dog vendor in the <laughs> say, hot are free today because de Blasio is now mayor? I know, and there's been so many volunteer medical staff and lawyers. It's like the largest number of these professionals volunteering for any movement, I think, in the history of Taiwan. Yesterday when I went, there's definitely just a whole mix of people there. And college students, there's older people, and there's younger people, and there's middle-aged people, and there's kids. But last week, if you went, last week, the first three or four days that you went, it was all college students, wall to wall college students. The streets were packed with college right. students. It was all, I mean, my friend and I, you know, we went, 
And we go to all the protests. We go to all the, the margins and we're always the youngest ones there. I'm 38 now, almost 37. We're the youngest ones there every yeah. time. Maybe a few. There's a handful of other people our yeah. age and that's it. Yeah. But this time, like, I just remember the first time I went, the last the first day I went last week, just blew my mind. For the first time, I really had hope. <laughs> That's you great. Know, I always tell yeah. people I have hope just because you got to yeah. you know, be positive. Yeah. There's definitely times where you're just like, fuck, man, this is not looking good. Yeah. People yeah. just are too apathetic. It's it, it just, are people going to get angry? And last week, that just totally... Went out the door for the first time. I was really like, no matter what happens, we have hope. Not only do we have hope, but we have a voice. We have a voice. We have people that actually understand what works going on. They understand the dangers of China, plain and simple. And yeah, it was all college students, just all out there. Everyone's peacefully sitting down, but just a ton of kids, just a ton of kids all out there. You couldn't even get into the legislative yard area, the outside yard there. Like we had to actually wait. It was roped off. They wouldn't let anybody in just because there's too many kids inside. And really? my friends and I eventually gave up. We sat, we we're standing outside for 15, 20 minutes. And they're like, we're not going to get in. They went back out to the outside area where there weren't as many people just to sit and wait. And I just actually went back in. I was like, I really want to go back in and see. I went back by myself, waited, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And I was able to get in. And it was just an amazing energy for any right. Taiwanese and Taiwanese American. This is a feeling, this is an energy unlike anything you can explain. It was really just, it was hope, right? You see these kids just, it was really cute seeing a lot of these kids. Cause I guess some of them probably going on the second day, they hadn't slept at all. I see kids like slapping each other. They're telling each other, stay awake, keep it asleep now. And <laughs> outside, kids sitting on the roofs. This is the parliament. Yeah, they're totally camped out there. Like, and they were just everywhere. It was just yeah. an amazing yeah, it was just great to see. Right. It's still going on. Yeah, and there's going to be a massive rally here in Taipei, and actually it's become a global movement. There are several cities around the world that are going to be participating on Sunday, March 30th. I'm not sure if this is the best source, but they're on Facebook there is a page called Taiwan Voice, and they've listed all of the cities and locations around the world where they're going to be rallying on the same day in support of the Sunflower Movement. And now for a short break. Hello listeners, I'm excited to share that we have a donor who has offered Talking Taiwan a matching donation of $5,000. That means when we raise $5,000, it will be automatically doubled to $10,000. So this is the time for you to make a contribution to Talking Taiwan and help us raise $10,000. You can make a contribution to Talking Taiwan on GoFundMe.com, Patreon.com forward slash Talking Taiwan, or PayPal and Zelle using our email address TalkingTaiwanPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're old school, just send us a check to our mailing address, which you'll find on our website at TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support. All of our donors will get exclusive first listening access to my interviews with Kevin Lin, one of the co-founders of Twitch and current co-founder and CEO of MetaTheory. The Boba Guys, co-founders Andrew Chow and Bin Chen. Chin Chi Yang, a multidisciplinary artist who has been inducted into the New York Foundation for the Arts Hall of Fame. And Michelle Ho, an attorney, activist, and author of Reading with Patrick, which is a runner-up for the Dayton Literary Peace Prize and the Goddard Riverside Stefan Russo Book Prize for Social Justice. We'd like to thank our first donor of the year, the Greater New York Region Overseas Taiwanese Pen Club, and all of our supporters. Now, back to the episode. 
yeah, so it's really, it's just an amazing movement. It's a really great to see all these kids there. It's really great to listen to a lot of the kids speak. The great thing there is that there's a lot of areas where you can get up and speak, where you can perform. A lot of performers there, there are a lot of local musicians. A lot of townies, musicians, artists of all types performing. They have a lot of foreigners there. Yesterday I was there, I did a Japanese, Japanese director, maybe some Japanese students. They basically were speaking out, supporting the movement. There were some students from Hong Kong I heard came out in support. Like I said, my friends yesterday, actually a rap group from England. What, they, what's the name of the group? They're called Lazy Habits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lazy Habits. They're okay. like, like a jazz hip hop group. Really, really great. Really pro-Taiwan. Really great. supportive. Great. They performed. But yeah, anybody can perform. Anybody can go up and speak. You can grab the mic. You can share your thoughts. And I've even heard a few, uh, this was down in Tainan, actually, it's a protest site. I saw a few guys get up and speak and they were amazing. Wow. They were super nervous. Yeah. Super nervous. Huge paper. Oh, wow. All of all that they were written down. And it just took me back to when I was in high school and yeah. in junior high, being up on stage, public speaking. Yeah, and exactly. Speaking. These kids were awesome, man. It was just in front of all these people and like, thousands of people and these high school kids were getting up and they did their homework too. They really had a point. Uh, it took them a while to get it out, but it was just great to see. It's great energy. And that's a good point. A lot of people all over the island are actually coming out and in their local cities and the local areas. It's not just in Taipei. And it's now a nationwide movement because of its global movement now, because of these kids, because of these students that have sacrificed their time, their energy, their spirit. And it's really, it's caught on. It's really caught on throughout Taiwan. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of people that are criticizing that a lot of, we'll just say a lot of KMT supporters basically are coming out. But it, I'll have to say about this movement, a lot of my friends in Taipei are KMT. I've definitely seen a few of them on Facebook go to the protest. Yeah. I've definitely seen really? a lot of KMT people, really? friends, throughout so, this movement. So, in support? Yeah, in support. Mm -hmm. And now actually, I've actually even seen them, some of them been pretty displeased with the Mindjo government. That's, Do you think that was especially after what happened at the executive yuan? Yeah, yeah definitely think. Because let's be honest, a lot of these kids in Taipei, a lot of these young kids in Taipei that vote yeah. KMT, right. no county's history. They right. don't know right. what's going on at all. Right. That day, they saw it all. And they, even as crappy as the news is, a lot of these kids in Taipei, they're on social media, they're on Facebook, right. they're on PTT. So much in the video, so much of the news is, you know, that's where it's being, it, it, that's where it's being exchanged. Right. And they're seeing it, they're seeing it finally firsthand. And it doesn't sit well with them. It's not something that they want to be a part of. And also to point out for people who are not that familiar, this protest is not affiliated with any of the political parties. It was started by the students. And so to hopefully in that sense, it can get more common support from people. But then also, I think this is something that we also need to point out is that I've seen a lot of Taiwanese Americans like post about the, what's going on here and mm -hmm. they try to do it most PC way as possible. Mm -hmm. And as a Taiwanese person, and I'm not going to differentiate, I'm not going to say I'm a Taiwanese American, I'm Taiwanese. Okay. As a Taiwanese person, you have to take the stand. Being Taiwanese is being political. Being yeah. an American, being political. Taiwanese living in the U.S. don't feel like you have to be scared to stand out for Taiwan. These students, if you see these students, if you see these, uh, how brave these students are here, they're sitting there for, because they want everyone to know the truth. And as a Taiwanese person, mm -hmm. our truth is pretty black and white. There isn't a gray area. There isn't a, the DDP were also pretty bad. As a Taiwanese person, it is your duty to learn our Taiwanese history. And mm -hmm. the KMT are the ones that have been the dictators. The KMT are the ones that have been the murderers. The KMT are the ones that are in charge of the presidency, the legislature, the police the media, the judicial. To talk about the student movement is to talk about being Taiwanese and it is political. You can't not talk about it. 
Yeah, right. But Taiwan is political. Taiwan is divided. But we're also a democracy. America is also divided. Mm -hmm. America is also a democracy. My friends are Republicans. My friends are Democrats. We're all great friends. In Taiwan, we're not at that point yet, but we have to teach people you can support. It doesn't matter who you support, but you have to let people know who you support at the same time. You mm -hmm. can't behind a curtain. Taiwan needs people at this time to understand that our democracy is free, that, you know, it's open and that you can freely express free support without having to be persecuted. And a lot of these friends in the U.S., I saw one of my really good friends yesterday, and it was just really disheartening that he was like, you know, we don't have any political affiliation, but, you know. All this explanation and all this. Yeah, like AMT police are beating on Taiwanese kids. It's that simple. And if you're KMT, we're going to pay attention. We don't have to be PC to get need more people to pay attention. Everything that these students is doing is pure. Yeah, it's just it's a side note, but it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think people should be worried about coming out as green. A lot of groups sometimes in the U.S. now they try to, they specifically say they're not DPP because they don't want to be associated with that at all. And that's almost like, you have to take the time to understand, yeah, the DPP has a lot of problems, but that's because they're young, they don't have any money, and they need more people like us that care to actually get in and change it. It's kind of like, that's the whole thing with our democracies, that Taiwan is a democracy and that we can shape our society to what we want it to be. And we should go and change it, not don't support them. I'm not DPP, I'm not green, I'm just, I'm totally neutral. That's bullshit. Neutral. <laughs> It's dishonest to say that I'm neutral, but I'm Taiwanese. If you right. really call yourself Taiwanese, then I'm sorry, you're not KMT. It's that simple. You're not the Zongbo Bo Mingdao, right? And until the KMT changes their name, then, you know, Taiwanese people shouldn't affiliate. That's simple. And the ones that do here in Taiwan, it's because they've been brainwashed. That's simple. Growing yeah, up well, people just need to think a little bit further as to why they are making certain decisions or supporting certain people or causes or whatever. Uh, that's yeah. a but most part of the student movement in Taiwan, the Sun Power Movement is amazing. You know, it's really, really brought a nation together and it will have repercussions, good repercussions for a long time to come. I definitely think that this is definitely a step in the right direction. I know I'm not worried at all about Taiwan's democracy. I'm not worried at all that it'll get worse for Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Will this, will this tag go through? Let's be honest, it will go through because they have the numbers, because uh, there's the KMT have more people in the legislature. But hopefully through this movement, Taiwanese people will start to understand that their vote counts. Your vote does count. It makes a difference. You should vote. You shouldn't throw away your vote. Don't let your vote be bought. And the legislative vote is honestly more important than the presidential one. So I could tell Taiwanese people, if you, if the KMT want to take the presidency every time and they want to leave us legislature every time, I will take it. That is one I will take because that's what we need. We just need to teach Taiwanese people that there have to be separation of powers. There have to be balance of powers. We cannot have a dictatorship. We can't have the KMT controlling everything and on one hand controlling everything, on the other hand saying that they're the most fair most democratic <laughs> organization ever in the history of man. So you think that the PAC's still going to go through? Because one of the demands of the student protesters now is that the pact actually, that they actually throw it out. Yeah, the students have to, that's how you negotiate, right? The students have to stand strong and they have to be at the extreme. But realistically, we have to look at it because the Taiwan is a democracy and we still do function through our parliament and executive and we think they have the numbers, like they have the numbers and they want to pass it. They eventually will be able to pass it. And if you look at the way KMT typically does things like this, they get things like this passed eventually. They ram it through. And then that's a reality. And that's something that we also have to address is that this is how the KMT does things. Like this is how the KMT treats their democracy. Will it pass? In my opinion, it eventually will pass. Just because we pass a trade pack, it doesn't mean it can't be nullified. It doesn't mean it can't be renegotiated. And as a democracy, that's what we can hope for. And that, yeah, maybe it'll pass. Eventually it probably will pass. But 
the longer the students can stay in there, the longer the students can continue to tell everybody more about it, the more informed Taiwanese people can be. And that's what we really want in the end, is a more informed Taiwanese public so that the next time elections do come around, they can make a more informed vote. And not only elections, but just to be more involved in society be more involved in our civil community, our civic society. Yeah, if anything at all, that's definitely what's come out of this movement. Galvanize these kids yeah. and make a difference. Another thing I want to mention, if you've been to a lot of protests in Taiwan in the past, people always used to wear face masks. People would always cover their face up. Be really hesitant to be seen on, on TV you know, right. because the media always edit these things. You don't want to be, you don't want their friends to be, they don't want to be identified. Mm. I do have to say this time around, I still see people with a mask, but 80% less. Wow. It is crazy. Wow. Like for the first time, I've seen all these young kids not covered at all. Not mm -hmm. just like, I want to take my picture, take my picture. People have mm -hmm. signed out. And that in itself is huge change. And that for me shows me that we don't have anything to worry about because that mm -hmm. shows that these kids understand, you know, you know the right to assemble, freedom right. of speech, freedom right. to speak out and not worry that someone is going to be knocking at your door mm -hmm. asking you to see if you mm -hmm. want to, you know, receive undue police harassment. If you can go out and you look, and I guarantee you, when you go out on Sunday, take a look around. The mass are, there's just fewer and fewer now. It's a good time. Thanks so much for sharing your observations, living in Taiwan and having gone to all these protests and seeing how things have changed over time. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Oh, no problem. Enjoy this. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by NATOA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. NATOA was founded in 1988. To learn more about NATOA, visit their website, www.natwa.com. Now it's time for you to show us some love. We just found out that you can rate us on Spotify. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There we'll list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.